Off the ball. GAA. I don't know, am I ever 100% but uh, just be be able to get through trainings without having a niggle or a little pain. Just being grateful for the play. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Dublin beating Kerry in an All-Ireland final has a pretty familiar ring to it this season. It was the 50th year of the ladies football championship and it was Dublin who prevailed and pretty comfortably all told they built up a big lead early on and never really relinquished it. There was a Kerry goal laid on to put a bit of a sheen on the scoreboard uh, but it was Dublin's day 18 points to Kerry's 110. Michael Verney of the Irish Independent is with us. Hey Michael. Joe how are you? I am in good form. I might just play a clip first of all because it sets an interesting context for this game. Mick Bowen, Dublin manager, talked to Ashley O'Reilly after the game and I suppose the, the message from Bowen as we'll hear and the players uh, across yesterday evening, they didn't really expect to win in All-Ireland this year. Have a listen. It's hard to believe. Uh, genuinely, like this has been very different because this wasn't on the script back in October, November time. Um, I think the incremental improvements this year have been far greater than any other season we've had the group. So, you know, we're, we're obviously absolutely thrilled. Yeah, when you say it wasn't on the script, so you didn't think at the start of the year that we're targeting an All-Ireland win? No. Because maybe the turnover on players and obviously a lot of the young girls coming through? We just, we'd lost so much and, uh, and then we'd setbacks along the way. Jess Tobin did her ACL, one of the, you know, one of our experienced defenders and all of a sudden Hannah Leahy, a girl who was coming back, did her ACL again, you know, and all of a sudden we're looking down the line at babies coming into the team and uh, it takes time at this level. Like, I mean, to try and learn the ropes and, and then I just, over the last seven or eight weeks, like Neve Donlan played a, challenge game against Mayo a couple of weeks ago five weeks four weeks ago whatever it was five weeks ago maybe and has won a position for herself and given some account of herself Neve Crowley straight out of minor I, I, I can't get over the growth yeah it really is unbelievable you know I think up until the semi-final you went completely under the radar maybe nobody was really mentioning Dublin for the All-Ireland title because maybe of those reasons a lot of the, the girls we know stepped away is this more satisfying that you've done it this way? I, I certainly think it's uh, for, for me uh, personally it, it's been possibly the most satisfying project I've ever been involved in and because it wasn't even a pipeline dream at the start and uh, you know, I suppose that's what's incredible about it because so many of the management team and obviously the older players committed to this really not expecting a whole heap out of it. But they knew, you know, in order to just steady the ship, this is what was needed. Babies, Michael. Not since David O'Leary ever heard babies. Uh, so for Dublin and Mick Bowen, it's very satisfying. As Ashley referenced there, it was really only after... Dublin demolished Cork in the semi-final that I think people started looking their direction because Kerry for a lot of this year looked like the team to beat Yeah I think it's gas to hear Mick saying that it's basically the opposite of the, the GAA he wrote us all off it's basically we, we wrote ourselves off uh, and we never thought we were in the equation and that's something he, he said probably before the final and he said it to in every different interview he did after the game yesterday, including the one I was involved in, he kept harking back to really dark times in October, November. I think they're missing all told, uh, I think seven players with a combined 28 All-Stars from the 2020 All-Ireland Final. So there's been a massive, massive turnover. And he said, you know, they'd had different setbacks throughout the year. And he thought 
this one is the one that will drive us over the edge. And they were able to keep hanging on. And then there was another one. He's like, okay, we can't, you know, we can't stay going on with all these setbacks. But they were able to build up all this momentum. It's funny, you said the Cork game. And the Cork game was probably um, the one where the public probably realised Dublin are humming, Dublin are coming. Hannah Tyrrell referenced the Donegal game in the quarterfinal. She said, we knew we were in good shape when we avenged that defeat from the year before. And I know Cora Staunton, um referenced uh, that game against Mayo that Mick referenced the challenge game um, where she, she you know by all accounts I think it was behind closed doors but they absolutely ripped Mayo asunder so they weathered a lot of storms by the sound of things and uh, Mick didn't go into detail and all the different tales of things that happened but I'm sure he will over the coming days and someone will sit down with him because um, it sounds like an interesting one but they uh, whether whether they thought they were going to be there or not they delivered a phenomenal performance on the game's biggest occasion. Like It was never really in any doubt. A quarter into the game, you're thinking, Dublin are slaloming through here. Like, uh, and just one thing on the, the style of play as well, we're used to lateral play in men's football now. There was no lateral play, little or no lateral play yesterday. Every time a Dublin player got the ball, they were going at Kerry. They were going down the throat of them. Uh, they created some great scores. Hannah Tyrrell obviously got some great scores in the first half. Jennifer Dunn is an absolute powerhouse. She's heading off to the AFLW uh, on Wednesday, going out to the Brisbane Lions. But um, it mightn't have been telegraphed, but it was some performance in a final and you could see how much it meant to them, very like the men's team as well. It was maybe an unexpected one, and those ones are probably the sweetest ones. Yes, all the sweeter for it. It does undercut the, in this era of uh, psychology and self-help and positive thinking, it's a novel approach to say, we have no chance for most of the year, and then to put in one of the great All-Ireland performances. Uh, they destroyed Kerry on the kickouts as well. I mean, it, it was complete domination from a neutral point of view it was disappointing in that as a contest it was a bit of a damn squib like at one stage Dublin were 8-3 up and that was pretty close to half time it was 11-4 at half time and in a context of a 7 or 8 point lead when Kerry have managed 3 or 4 points the game is over at half time effectively so on, on the, from the neutral perspective it was a pity but I mean if you're a Dublin fan you're kind of just purring at the display even physically Michael they just look several rungs ahead of Kerry on the ladder they did even some of the some of the younger players that Mick referenced there, babies, as he said, like they were they were taken on seasoned, you know, seasoned with shall we, shall we say adult footballers and they were taking them on for pace and they were going uh if they weren't going around them, they were going through them where possible as well. And uh I know they referenced the, the S and C and said there was massive gains in the in the S and C this year. But like just to time it so well and to deliver that type of performance, as I said, it was never really in doubt. Once they got, you know, I think they were 11-3 up uh, after 25 minutes. I think Hannah Tyrrell kicked her the last of her eight points. Amazingly, all her eight-point haul, all in the first half. Four from freeze, four from play. Uh, very, um, I don't know, I think she's a bit David Clifford-esque with that st- the style she kicks even. That lovely, kind of lazy almost left foot. Um, and they managed the game really well. Call a spade a spade, they were they were cynical at times um, regularly throughout the game, even fouling Kerry in areas of the field where they were just building up ahead of steam. You know, maybe take someone down or two two women in around the tackle, halted for 10 or 15 seconds. They were able to reset and funnel back. And I suppose when you're talking, that's maybe, you know, some of the tactics that they had to use. But Leah Caffrey done a magnificent job on Louise uh, Nimar Hartig. Like she done a brilliant job. Louise is one of the best footballers in the country. And she, you know, she went toe to toe with her and probably came out best in that duel. And 
they probably Kerry really needs Louise to have a huge game and I know she got a goal to keep him in it at the end and give him some hope but you're looking at most of the main duels around the field Dublin won nearly them all I suppose when that cynical failing is happening it's understandable why a team would do it and it was you know interestingly uh, Dublin felt aggrieved at Kerry's tackling after the sides met in the group stages at Parnell yeah, Park. Yeah, Mick, 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 Mick cleared points. that up actually. Mick oh, wanted he? to clear that up. Yeah, he wanted to clear that up after the game. And I, I take I take his point. I wouldn't, uh, and this is basically kind of his point. You wouldn't condone bullying in any shape or form, in any walk of life, in any part of society, except on a GA okay. pitch. Okay, he was okay. If, that, if that makes sense. And basically, what he said was. Um, we were uh, woman handled, I suppose. We were mm. beaten to the, we were beaten to the ball, and they had more fire, more physicality. They wanted it more. Yesterday, you'd have to it's say the, the, the boot the boot was on the other foot. Yeah. And Dublin were the aggressors. You do need a strong referee. Is the point I was, I was just about to make, though? If there is cynical fouling when you're stopping teams in transition, you do need a referee to start handing out cards if it, if it's to be curtailed and. Kerry management alluded to that quite heavily. They said that they didn't want to get too into it. But they said what they didn't want to get too into several times, and then, but we won't get into it. Kind of a, an approach, and I suppose they will quietly feel uh, somewhat aggrieved that the referee didn't punish that more. Yeah, it was probably a bit uh, David Fitzgerald-esque. I'm not going to get into it, but if you keep asking me, I probably will get into it. Yeah, um, they were definitely going to feel aggrieved, and I was looking down and regularly throughout the game, uh, Declan Quill and Dara Long were having fairly animated conversations with Maggie Farley who was doing Ford official so they were obviously weren't happy with what was going on but you'd have to say if it's you know it's relatively within the rules Dublin were doing it in clever areas of the field and it wasn't you know it wasn't unbelievably obvious it wasn't Sean Cavanaugh and Conor McManus obvious mm. so you'd have to say it was um it's kind of it was kind of smart, and they they got away with it. For Hannah Tyrrell, I think most uh, newspapers today are adorned with photos of her and her baby daughter. Her wife gave birth recently, yeah. and her CV now kind of elevates her to a certain level in Irish sport. There aren't many uh, people who can say they've won an FAI Cup, that they've won a Six Nations, and that they've kicked eight points in an All Ireland final, eight of which all came in the first half. So that's kind of uh, ridiculous, really. Uh, Carla Rowe four points in the second half uh, one at the end where she ran about 30, 40, 50 metres Michael Donlan style and knocked it over to kind of seal the win uh, it was to the four and then you mentioned Jennifer Dunn she scored two points uh, for Dublin I just have a clip of her uh, here Michael she makes um, in, inadvertently she's talking about just how good the camp has been but she, she does make an interesting point I would think where Dublin resources have them ahead of the pack particularly in the ladies game have a listen this is his seventh year, so it's my sixth year. So I came in yet yeah, as an 18-year-old, probably a naive young girl. I think I was, I was doing my leaving cert that year. So mm-hmm. to think that I've kind of grown and just even my physique and the way of kind of different things, like obviously for a few years I was coming in off the bench and making an impact to now being able to kind of control the team and at the, at the middle of the park it's a huge position so he's definitely done so much for us as a team but there's been so many new people coming in this year there was someone you could turn to a defence coach a forwards coach SNC nutrition there's someone for every role so if you had any query or concern there was someone that could help you and support you so he obviously put that in place as well to think that he could get all those people together um, he's obviously left a huge impact on jumping GA the last few years and as you said 2021, 2022 they were tough places the final and then the quarter final last year which was a shock for most of us um, a lot of people questioned us and thought would they come back but uh, yeah here we are it's hard to believe So uh, that's Jennifer Dunn who as you said is off to Australia now and kicked two points Dublin that was their ninth senior final in ten years they had done the four in a row and now if a new batch have come in 
and they have the resources that not every intercounty team would have in the ladies' game uh, at their disposal, and the, the age profile is good. I mean, we could be looking at another bit of a dynasty here, I would think, Michael. Potentially, Mick, Mick said that basically what, what he thought his job was for a year or two was to get them on an even keel again, progress and hand it over to somebody else and then maybe they'd attack silverware again. Mm. So they're ahead of schedule, obviously, mm. there. I just thought it was interesting even after um, in Carla Rowe's speech, she just said, we've never been wanting for anything. And, you know, sponsors like KPMG, AIG, Bon Secures, Bon Secures were thrown out. Like, this is, you know, these yeah. are probably, you know, we're talking about like multi multi million euro companies, like um, which a lot it's, of it's not it's not Fernie's ham. <laughs> but yeah, good old good old Carl Sam were a great sponsor at Offaly for years. I fairness <laughs> to them, but uh, it's not um yeah, it's not what most counties are accustomed to. Shall shall we say? And even listen to Jennifer talk there, like most counties are wanting for the defensive coach, they are wanting for the forwards coach, they're wanting for all of those things in, in a year where there's been, I suppose, a lot of protests about um, trying to get uh, ladies, uh, the LGFA and Camogie Association on an even keel. Dublin are probably one of the counties that are ahead of the grade. And in fairness, since AIG came on board, like every time there's, every time AIG do anything, there's a footballer, a hurler, a Camogie player and a footballer. And they're all put up for interview. They're all obviously treated equally. So I'd imagine they're all um, been very well looked after in that regard. So they probably are ahead of the curve mm. Uh, in that kind of respect and that's probably worrying for the chase and pack that a Dublin team not even in transition a Dublin team which the manager openly admits is in big trouble yeah. can win in All-Ireland then it's worrying probably for the chase for the whatever, well, we thought they were in the chase and pack but it's worrying for all the, the challengers for 2024 alright yeah. God help everyone if Mick Bowen says in December I think we have a good chance this year um, <laughs> so look I guess the, the other side of that coin is it's great and they're setting a standard for other counties to aspire to in terms of how players are treated but it will take time maybe for others to catch up what about Kerry before you go Michael so two All-Ireland defeats in a row there had been much talk about Kerry you know they're, they're, the backbone of their 11 All-Irelands was the eight in a row team in the 80s and they were level on Cork level with Cork on 11 and were looking to go one ahead Dublin are now on uh, six. So it's 1993 since Kerry last won a senior All-Ireland. few of their important players are over 30 now. You lose two All-Ireland finals in a row, it starts to leave a, a sting. Will they be back next year in a big way? The difficulty, Joe, has been beaten in the second final is throughout the year they were brilliant, but I don't know if in the final they will feel as if they were any closer than they were the year before against Mead, and that's probably uh, a bit of a worry. Everything was tipping along nicely. I suppose you have to talk about Shifra O'Shea's Absence, even though miraculously she came on with uh, with 18 minutes to play, despite doing a cruciate less than a month ago, which is phenomenal. I know Lorraine Keane did it for Offaly a couple of years ago in a junior football final, but to do that in a senior final and come on and you know get probably 10 or 12 possessions was absolutely phenomenal. She's a goal machine that they really missed yesterday. You know, in her in her pomp, you'd ex- you'd expect them to be back. They were the best team probably up until the semi final stage. But there's probably question marks whether Declan Quill and Dara Long will come back and they've openly said that, that they're not sure about whether they'll come back. So if new management comes in there, there could be a bit of a transition there too. But I'd say the two lads might be coaxed to stay on because they'll know that they're close and uh, it's very hard to walk away when when you know you're that close. And just lastly, Joe, as well, uh, it was a really nice touch by the LJFA at halftime yesterday. So the 40, it was obviously their, their 50th final. The 40 previous winning captains were paraded at half time when everybody was there and when you know we had a 
you know, the guts of 50,000 there cheered them on. And there was no effect to the games that were played at half time. There was an under 12 game we played on the left, and there was a Gaelic for Mothers game we played on the other side. Both still going ahead. Great noise in the stadium. The 40 captains been lauded rightly for, you know, what they've done for the game down through the years and all their achievements. And surely, you know, someone within the GA will think, okay, we need to. We need to look at this and we need to go back to the future and put our Jubilee teams back on a half time where they deserve to be. Yeah, I expect they'll do that next year. Michael, great to have you on. Thanks so much. Cheers, Joe.